get into the Word this morning. I think I'm the last one on this series because it's the end of the month. Where did the year go? Oh my goodness, we're about to head into December. Thank you very much for that. We are talking about created to worship. And uh, well, you, you showed me very well this morning that you were created to worship. You know what's up. So I'm just going to get straight into it, straight into the Word. So we're going to look at Romans chapter 1, verse 18 to 25 um, this morning. Well, we're going to look at lots of Scriptures, but we're going to start here. Romans chapter 1, verse 18 to 25. It says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness, because what may be known of God is manifest in them. For God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the the world, His invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even His eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify Him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man and birds and four-footed animals and creeping things. Therefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness in the lusts of their heart to dishonour their bodies among themselves, who exchanged the truth of God for the lie and worshipped and served the creature rather than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. So my first point today is why you worship. Like this series is called Created to Worship because that is why you worship. And it says it in this Scripture here is why we worship is because there is a knowledge of God that He placed on the inside of us when He created us. It is inside of us, this knowledge of God, this understanding of God, it is innate to who we are. And that is why we worship. Isaiah 43 verse 7 says, Everyone who is called by my name, who I have created for my glory, I have formed him. Yes, I have made him. We were created for him. We were created by him and we were created for his glory. It is our design. It is the way he has designed us to be creatures who worship the Creator. We are created to worship God. But we have this knowledge on the inside of us that the Scripture tells us, and we know this to be true, that we have suppressed. It doesn't say that there's people on this earth who don't know that there's God. There's a, it says that we suppress the truth inside of us in unrighteousness. So everyone has the ability to know God, but some of us suppress that truth in unrighteousness. But that longing for God, even if it's suppressed, it still has a demand to be satisfied, that desire to worship. And so if it's not satisfied with God, then it will be tried to, will try to find satisfaction for that longing in the things of this world. Even the atheist, even the atheist who denies that God exists still has that longing to worship in their heart. And how do they fulfil it? By worshipping themselves. They worship their own knowledge. They pursue knowledge and their, um, to fill their mind and they worship their own knowledge and their own understanding. But with knowledge without wisdom is futile. Like that scripture in Romans says, is that professing to be, to be wise, they became fools. 
became fools. If we don't worship God, we make idols because we desire to worship. It's our purpose. It's our calling. It's in our DNA. It's in the DNA of all creation because everything created was created by the Creator, by God. And He has put that same DNA on the inside of all of us, that longing and that desire to worship our Creator. Revelation 4 verse 8 talks about the angels. So Romans tells us about us, but Romans 4 verse 8 talks about the angels, another creation. It says the four living creatures, each having six wings. I just want to put it out. I've seen so many memes about angels lately and I'm like, I'm glad people are starting to depict them real. Scary. Honestly, if you like draw an angel, what they really look like, some of them, and how they're described in the Bible, like four living creatures, each having six wings, were full of eyes around and within. Like, can you imagine that? Like, eyes just all, like, it's scary enough when someone just stares at you, but like, just, cut, oh, that's scary, covered in eyes. But the cool thing about they're covered in eyes, so everywhere they look, they can see what God's doing. Like nothing God does is gonna be outside of their sight, you know, because they've got eyes all around and they're around the throne. They're like, watching God, let's see what you're doing. And they do not rest night or day saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Even they, these angelic beings, they um, worship the Lord God Almighty day and night, night and day, holy, holy, holy. That is in their, in their creation, in their design to worship the Lord. Psalm 66 verse four tells us that all the earth, um, which earth is actually translated as literally the land and all the inhabitants um, within it. So not just people, but actually things in the, in the earth. All the earth shall worship you and sing praises to you. They shall sing praises to your name. Even Jesus says in Luke um, chapter 19, verse 37 to 40, that if we don't praise Him, the rocks will cry out. We will hear, we'll literally hear the sound of creation praising Him if we don't worship because God needs to be worshipped because He is worthy. It literally says in this verse in Luke 19 that um, when Jesus was drawing near to the descent of the mountain of olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works they had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees came to Him from the crowd and said, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. Rebuke them, tell them to stop worshipping, tell them to stop praising. But Jesus, um, but He answered and said to them, I tell you that if this should keep silent, the stones would immediately cry out because He has to be worshipped because He is worthy of worship. He is God. Everything in creation has this longing, has this groaning inside of them to, to cry out to God, to worship God. We were created to worship. So if we don't, do not praise Him, then the rocks will cry out because something has to worship Him. Psalm 19 verse 1 says, The heavens, as in the skies, the stars, space, declare the glory of God. Even they declare the glory of God. And I used to think that that was just, um, you know, no matter when it says all creation, whatever is looking at it, declares His glory and praises His name. And that is definitely true. But it's so much more than that. And, and I want to show you this video in a second. 
um, from this guy called Louis Giglio. Um, some of you have probably seen this clip before, but I remember as a young person, this completely transformed my life, seeing the way that creation actually sings a song of praise to God. So can we just play that video? He says, praise Him, sun and moon, and praise Him, all you shining stars. That's not just a poetic idea. That's really happening because stars don't just shine. Stars also sing. Let me just show you a couple more stars. This one is called the Vela Pulsar, and it's magnificent. It's a thousand light years away. It's a highly magnetized neutron star. Right. It simply means this star exploded into a supernova, and in the case of the Vela Pulsar, it collapsed back on itself in a magnetic entity, and as a pulsar, it began oscillating on its axis. This one oscillates 11 times a second on its axis. And as it is oscillating, you can see what's happening. It's shooting a radio frequency out of itself. When they aimed the radio telescopes at the Vela Pulsar, this is what they heard. And this is what this guy does 24-7, day and night, 365 days a year. This is what, from a thousand light years away, the Vela Pulsar sounds like right now. This is it. Listen to this. Now, I, I don't know about you, but I, that blew me away. I'm thinking, wow, this is incredible. You're like, well, what does it mean? I don't know. Is that some kind of Morse code for something? Or what, what, what does all that mean? I don't know what it means, but and I don't want to you know, go too crazy here, but maybe the Vela Pulsar got wind somehow innately of Psalm 148, verse 3, and since it says, praise him, sun and moon, and all you shining stars, we're a shining star. We should praise him. Well, how are we going to praise him? I know. Let's oscillate 11 times a second on our axis and see if we can send a radio signal into the universe that would join in the symphony of of God's praise from all creation. It's singing. The stars are singing to him. I recently stumbled on 47 Tuck. It's a, a beautiful uh, cluster of stars. We'll show you the picture of it here. There are 12 of these super giant blue stars in there, but the things that are of interest to us tonight are these millisecond pulsars. And right now tonight, while we're sitting in this room, the 16 recorded millisecond pulsars and 47 tuck are making this sound right now. God has his own string section. He's not that beautiful. And we just looked at one 11 times a second pulsar and 16 millisecond pulsars, and you start seeing Psalm 48 come to life. But look down in verse 7. It says, Praise the Lord from the earth, you great sea creatures in all deeps. The, the whale songs 
could sound like this right here. Take a listen. We don't know the expanse of the worship that is continually surrounding the throne of God. And our songs are great, but God isn't banking on our songs because he is surrounded by a symphony that's bigger than our wildest dreams tonight. Stars sing and whales sing and the birds fly. And I just tried to imagine what would it sound like if you could just for a second be God and hear what he hears. And I can't get us there tonight, but I I came close. I had a friend who helped me with this little iPad program. And and I'm not a DJ, but just a little thing, just quickly, and I I want you to see how this works. This guy, we didn't look at his picture. He's PSRBO329-54. And he's only rotating one and a half times per second, which is not all that much, but we need him in our little experiment we're gonna do here, okay? Um, And then we had the Vela Pulsar. You remember the Vela Pulsar, right? So that's that guy. That's a little too fast for what we're trying to do, so we're going to slow that down, okay? And so we're going to put the, uh, the millisecond guys in there, the ones you just heard. Here they come.
obviously not necessarily exactly singing that. I love how they layer the crystal. But I love that though, because it shows how we just add a layer onto what creation's already singing. I love what Louis Giglio says when he says, God doesn't actually need your song because he's got a symphony coming from all of creation, but we get to be part of that. And why would you want the whales to outdo you when you can bring your worship to the King of Heaven as well? It doesn't matter whether the song is actually how great is our God or not. It's standing back and looking at all of these things individually and seeing all of creation truly sings the praise and the glory of God. And we get to be part of that. That's just a huge wow moment that all creation worships Him. And so if we are not worshipping Him, then we are not fulfilling our purpose. We are not fulfilling our purpose. So that means it's not a matter of whether you worship. You will worship something if it's not God. You will worship because that's in your DNA. But the question is, what will you worship? That's my second point is what you worship. Worship means it comes from two words, worth and ship. So it's about your the worth that you place on something. What you place your greatest worth upon is what you worship. Worship is inevitable, so it's important to know what you are worshipping. What is the focus of your worship? So if we take it back to Romans 1 again, we look into verse 22. It says, Professing to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man and birds and four-footed animals and creeping things. Therefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness in the lust of their heart to dishonour their bodies among themselves, who exchanged the truth of God for the lie and worshipped and served the creature rather than the creator who's blessed forever. Then we look at Isaiah 44 verse 9 to 20. Verse 9, it says, Those who make an image, all of them are useless, and their precious things shall not profit. They are their own witnesses. They neither see nor know that they may be ashamed. Who would form a God or mould an image that profits Him nothing? Verse 13 says, The craftsman stretches out his rule. He marks one out with chalk. He fashions it with a plane. He marks it out with the compass and makes it like the figure of a man, according to the beauty of a man that it may remain in the house. He cuts down cedars for himself and takes the cypress and the oak. He secures it for himself among the trees of the forest. He plants a pine and the rain nourishes it. Then it shall be for a man to burn, for he will take some of it and warm himself. Yes, he kindles it and bakes bread. Indeed, He makes a God and worships it. He makes it a carved image and falls down to it. He burns half of it in the fire with the half he eats meat. He roasts a roast and is satisfied. He even warms himself and says, Ah, I am warm. I have seen the fire. And the rest of it He makes into a God. His carved image, He falls down before it and worships it, prays to it and says, Deliver me for you are my God. They do not know nor understand for He has shut their eyes so that they cannot see and their hearts so they cannot understand. And verse 20 says, He feeds on ashes, a deceived heart has turned Him aside and He cannot deliver His soul. Nor say, is there not a lie in my right hand? God is saying, you fools. You fools, why would you worship what you have made with your own hands? He's literally saying this is what it's like worshipping idols. They use an example because idol worship of actually making an image and bowing down to it was very common back then. And he's talking about a carpenter, for example. He's literally 
growing the tree, cutting down the wood. He's even seeing this wood as so, um, you know, like so insignificant that he's burning some of it to keep himself warm and cooking his food on it. But then at the same time, he uses the other portion of the same wood to create an idol and bow down and worship it as his God. He's saying, how silly can you be? How foolish can you be that you worship the creation of your own hands? How, how crazy can you be? Something that you have made that you would worship. And we have rejected God and in our pride and our stubbornness have chosen to worship the creature rather than the creator or to worship that of our own hands rather than God, to worship money, to worship our achievements, to worship idols, to worship anything but God. So in Psalm 115 verse 4 to 8, it says, Their idols are silver and gold, the work of men's hands. They have mouths, but they do not speak. They Eyes they have, but they do not see. They have ears, but they do not hear. Noses they have, but they do not smell. They have hands, but they do not handle. Feet they have, but they do not walk. Nor do they mutter through their throat. Those who make them are like them. So is everyone who trusts in them. So in a, it's a basically polite way of saying when you worship idols, you're stupid. He's saying... <laughs> If you worship idols, you're stupid. He says, you'll be deaf, you'll be dumb, you'll be blind. You'll basically be a vegetable. You'll you'll be able to do do nothing. Like he said, it's a polite way of saying you're stupid. If you make an idol, you will be like it. If you want to make that image and bow down to it, then you'll be just like it. This inanimate, useless object. We are created to worship God, but we have turned that worship towards the work of our own hands. When you worship God, you become wise. It says in the Bible, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. But when you worship anything else, you become a fool because you're worshiping the work of your own hands. And we all know that we are sinful and corrupt people. Why would you worship and look to hope for some, in something that you have made with your own hands? That's so crazy. Um, but you may not worship a statue. You may not have a Buddha in your house that you worship. You may, you know, you may not do tarot cards or you may not worship Satan or something, but, you know, do you worship something else? I think so many people, we look at our lives and we go, well, I'm not a Satan worshiper. I don't have a Buddha in my house. I don't, whatever. So I'm good. You know, I'm not worshiping idols. But what are our modern day idols? Do you worship something else? You know, I teach our youth um, that Sundays and Fridays are sacred days. You want to set aside for God. You want to be in the house um, and, and be here to come and worship God. You know, you could be playing cricket or soccer. You know how many sports they like to play on Sunday mornings when church is going on. You could be going to family brunch or you could be in the house of God worshipping Jesus. What do you place your greatest worth upon? You know, I know it's sometimes difficult for people with your work. Like I get it. Some people, you're literally saving lives in your job and stuff like that. Saving lives, wait for nobody. Like, you know, um, so it's, it's really important. But my question is, you know, if you're putting something else in the place of that time with God, have you taken it up with God? I'm not telling you what to do, but I'm saying go and talk to God about it. Like is is, are you setting aside the time that you need for Him? And I just want to tell you, for anyone that's worried about that, is God will bless you for that when you set aside that time for Him, when you make that effort for Him. I've never gone without for having given up these times to be with God and miss out on other things. I was even um, talking about this with my youth in the car. Is I remember one of my first jobs, I said straight up, I used to work for Build-A-Bear Workshop, <laughs> making teddy bears. 
And uh, I was one of the first employees there when they first opened the store. And um, they, I straight up said, I said, I do not work Friday um, afternoons and because I'm running a youth group and I don't work, um, I don't work Sunday mornings. I can work Sunday afternoon, but not Sunday mornings because I've got to be at church. And they're like, yep, yep, no worries, cool beans. Anyways, what do they do? They want to roster me on Sunday mornings all the time. Every time they roster me on, I said, I told you already, I'm not working that day. And what was crazy about that is that they would just shorten my shift for me. I never got fired. I had the most shifts out of everyone. I got employee of the month. I even got um, offered a position to be manager at that store. I was not without, I was not lacking because I chose to put God first. I was blessed for it and the pressure was put on time and time again. But I chose to say no because I said, I'm going to honour God. I'm going to honour that commitment and I'm going to be in the house of God. And the thing is, at the end of the day, your job will not satisfy you. We look at COVID the last couple of years, how many people were robbed of employment through that? If your hope is in your job, if you're worshipping your job and putting everything into that, you could lose that in the blink of an eye. But if you put your worship, your worth, everything into God, He is eternal. He will not leave you. He will not forsake you. He will not abandon you. He will provide for you. He is our provider. I'm not saying just like give up everything in your life and just be like, well, God will just give me everything, it's fine. No, but I'm saying what are you putting in the place of God? What is coming before God? You can always get more money, but you can't get back time that you chose to spend elsewhere not worshipping God. This life is temporary. So what are you serving? What are you worshipping? So we all do it. This is another thing. We make an idol out of this. You know why I know that? Why we know we kind of a bit of a slave to this is because every time this dings, we pull it out of our pocket, don't we? And we pull it out of our pocket. Look at, have you ever looked up the stats? If you've got an iPhone, they give you stats of how many times you pick it up. It's really scary. If you want to look at it, how many times you turn your phone on, how many hours you spend on screen time. Man, that's scary stuff. But that's when you know, you're like, something here has got a bit of demand on my attention, on my time? How often do you mindlessly scroll through your social media instead of reading your Bible or praying? Guilty as charged. Guilty as charged. And then um, I was actually talking about this with Kaylee the other day and we are saying you scroll through your social media and then you come across one of those Christian posts and then they're like, how much time are you spending on social media instead of reading your Bible? And you're like, better put that away. <laughs> so funny. But What about your plans? When you choose to study, when you choose your job or to change jobs, when you choose who you want to date or who you want to marry, um, or if you want to move locations or any of these things, do you consult God? Do you consult God or do you make your plan and then ask Him to bless it later? Do you practice affirmations? You know, if you're not speaking scripture over yourself, what are you doing? You're going, you know, I've seen all these ones lately when it's like, you know, I am powerful, I am strong. It's, it tends to be actually a lot of um, in the, uh, females, unfortunately, that do this. But it's like, I am powerful, I am strong, I am like whatever. It's like, but what's that rooted in? What's that rooted in? You know, because if you're just making these affirmations and you're not speaking Scripture of yourself, actually, it's not in yourself that you're sufficient. It's in Christ's sufficiency that we are, you know, that we have enough. That becomes self-worship. Becomes self-worship. Because where do the I am statements come from? Here in the Bible, God says, I am who I am. 
He says, I am this, I am the Alpha and the Omega, I am, I am. So then we're almost doing a counterfeit version of that of ourselves. I am powerful, I am strong, I am this. That becomes self-worship. Do you follow horoscopes, star signs, even personality tests? If These things like horoscopes and star signs are occultic. So that is actually worship outside of God. But even psychologically based personality tests can become idols. Everyone wants to do self-discovery and it is helpful in a small way, but you have to be careful because it can become, a journey to self-discovery can become a journey to becoming self-focused and self-obsessed. And the big one is money. A good test if money is an idol in your life is asking yourself this question. If God asked me right now to empty my bank account and give it all to Him every last dollar, would I do it? I'm not saying He's asking you to do that right now. I'm just saying if He asked you, could you honestly say, yes, I would? Could you honestly say it? If God asked you, if God asked you to give up your job for a position that pays half as much, would you do it? If God asks you to increase your weekly tithe to 20% instead of 10%, would you do it? Would you do it? The moment excuses or hesitation comes into your mind that you align and you agree with that tells you that something is worth more to you than God. He's not your number one priority. In Matthew 4, verse 8 to 10, it says, Again, the devil took him on a very high mountain. This is Jesus. He's on his 40 days of fasting in the desert. He's pretty, pretty exhausted. And Satan comes to him to tempt him. And it says, Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendour. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve Him only. What does it mean to bow down? What does it mean to bow down? It means to come into submission to someone. It means to make someone the Lord and master over your life. So Jesus in His weakest moment, in, in, in a vulnerable moment, I don't know about you, but I'd do anything for food, man. Like give me the kingdom of the world. I don't actually care about the power. I want the food. I'm hungry. Um, it's like that Snickers ad. That's literally my life. You're not you when you're hungry. I'm really not me when I'm hungry. So look, this would have been a huge temptation. I can definitely say I probably would have given in. 40 days, I don't even know if I'd be alive. But um, to give your life over, to submit, is, is what it means to bow down. And Jesus was given this temptation. Submit, bow down, and you can have the kingdoms of this world because it was His to give. Satan understands that there's a reward that comes with worship. If you bow down, you can have it. I really believe if Jesus did bow down, He would give it to him. I really believe that there's a reward that comes with worship. Bow down and I'll give it to you. Take up the Sunday shift and you'll get double pay. You know, my old work, oh, that was some serious money if you took up a Sunday shift. I used to get pressured all the time to take up a Sunday shift and get double pay. And our pay was already pretty good, but like double pay was, you wouldn't even need to work for a week for that. Um, play the Sunday morning soccer game and you'll get scouts come and watch you. Don't give your whole tithe and then you'll get to your savings goal faster. 
Um, give up serving in this ministry and then you'll get a promotion at work because you'll get to work more. Or don't come to Sunday church this morning or don't serve in this ministry because then you have to get up earlier and then you sacrifice your sleep in. You know, you can't serve both. You cannot bow to both. You cannot serve two masters. You cannot truly worship two masters. So who will it be? Where is the focus of your worship? If you bow to Jesus, it means you turn away from the other things. Jesus gave up the kingdom of this world. He could have had the kingdoms of this world, but He chose to come humbly. He chose to come as a servant. He chose to endure temporary suffering for eternal glory. But to do so, um, yeah, to submit to the will of the Father. He didn't bow to Satan. He bowed to God, the Father, and said, I submit to your will. Let your will be done. And he won the victory for all eternities. Temporary suffering produced an eternal reward. Colossians 2 verse 15 says that he disarmed the principalities and powers and made a public spectacle of them triumphing over them in it. How good was the reward of Jesus choosing not to worship the things of this world, not to bow to that. And for us, you know, true worship will cost you something. It means you'll have to say no to something. When you say yes to Jesus, you say no to something else. But the temporary sacrifice is so good for the eternal reward. True worship will cost you something. So my third point is how you worship. Worship is the condition of being worthy. Um, it says dignity, glory, distinction, honour, renown, a sense of reverence paid to a supernatural or divine being. It's both an attitude and an act. It's not a mere statement of just singing a song, you know, um, just singing a song of worship in church. But if the attitude of your heart is not one of worshipping, then you'll become like the Israelites. Because the Israelites were just, they were good at singing their songs. And they came out of 400 years of slavery. Jesus, um, God delivered them. And then, then Moses goes up on a mountain, spends some time with God. And they're like, well, we're out of the physical presence of God right now. So um, let's make a golden calf and worship it. You know? <laughs> Do you not remember like five seconds ago when you just got saved from 400 years of slavery by God? And then you decide just because of a moment that you're out of His physical presence, you decide we're going to worship something else. That's why it tells you it's not just the words of your mouth, but it's got to be the attitude of your heart and your actions must follow. It requires a heart attitude and an action. And we know this because we also see it in the Israelites' false worship. The Israelites demonstrated their worship through action. We see that they were even willing to lay down their children in child sacrifice to worship idols. You know, that's the length, that's the extent they'll go to. They would sleep with the temple prostitutes as an act of worship and they would also burn their own children to worship. So we know that it requires an action is there's a follow through and that's false worship. Obviously, definitely are against that. But I'm saying that's how far they would go to worship something other than God. Worship is sacrifice. In Psalm 51 verse 17, it says, the sacrifices of our God are a broken spirit and a contrite heart. From that place, God can do anything in your life because it's humbling yourself, bringing yourself humbly as a servant before God in complete submission to Him. If you worship Him, then you live in a place like this, getting beneath, putting yourself beneath God, that He would become greater and that I would become less. In 2 Samuel 24 verse 21 to 25, 
There's a story about King David. It says, then Aran, um, I'm just going to call his name Marana because I don't know how to say it properly. Um, I'm not, you know, Jewish. Um, and Arana said, why has my Lord the King come to his servant? And David said, to buy the threshing floor from you, to build an altar to the Lord that the plague may be withdrawn from the people. Now Arana said to David, let my Lord the King take and offer up whatever seems good to him. Look, here are oxen for burnt sacrifice and threshing implements and the yokes of the oxen for wood. All these things O King Arana has given to the king. And Arana said to the king, may the Lord your God accept you. Then the king said to Arana, no, but I will surely buy it from you for a price. Nor will I offer burnt offerings to the Lord my God with that which costs me nothing. So David brought the threshing floor and the oxen for 50 shekels of silver. And David built an altar to the Lord and offered burnt offerings and peace offerings and all the things. But I love that. Nor will I offer burnt offerings to the Lord with that which costs me nothing. If I worship God, then I wanna give Him my all. I'm not gonna withhold from Him. I'm not gonna withhold. Worship is sacrifice. We can give Him an offering of praise, of thankfulness, of lifting of our voice. Those things are really good and really important, making a joyful noise to the Lord. But obedience is one of the greatest ways to worship God. It's one of the greatest ways. It's showing up when you don't want to. It's those predetermined decisions, like I said before. You know, it's I will worship in every season and situation. I will not leave church when things get hard. I've already decided that I will not stop tithing when I'm struggling financially. That is a way I worship God is in obedience to what He's asked me to do. Give 10%. I'll give 10%. Even if I got $5 this week, I'll give 10%. Even if I got no dollars this week, I give 10% still, you know, <laughs> because my worship to God is more important than paying my bills. And I know that God will provide, but I need to honour Him first. I'll keep serving in my ministry and going out of my way for the young people that I've been called to serve until God calls me out because that is how I obey and serve and worship God. Even if it's inconvenient, I'll keep sponsoring children, even though sometimes it's not great on the wallet, but it's for God's kingdom. And He has blessed me to be a blessing. So I will worship Him in this way. I will keep speaking the truth and sharing the gospel because that is the way I worship Him in obedience. Even if a cost me and it cost me friends. I tell you what, I don't have a single friend from when I went to school. I had a big friendship group. Not one of them talked to me anymore because of the choice I made to follow the gospel, follow after Jesus. But it will cost you something, but it's for an eternal reward. I will keep praying when it's hard. I will humble myself. I will repent. I'll let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in His sight. I will choose not to gossip. I will make peace. I will choose to love my enemies and pray for them. These are all things that we do to worship God as a lifestyle that we live out of our love, our reverence, our awe for God. I wanna be in obedience and alignment with you because I worship you. So I will give you my all. I just wanna say people who struggle to worship have not read their Bible enough. This book is full of songs of worship, of reasons to worship God. And it's just amazing because for myself, I wouldn't call myself a songwriter. I write songs, I dabble in it. I feel like songwriter requires like a certain level of technical ability that I don't have. Um, <laughs> I'm more of a mediocre um, guitar, guitarist, uh, piano player, singer, I'm a bit, uh, and then I just do the things and then I send it to people who are more skilled and then they fix it up. But it's like that song, so the song we sang, The Reason, 
I wrote that song in 15 minutes after a time of spending time in the Bible. I was reading Jeremiah 10, verse 10 to 13. And all of a sudden I was like, feel a song coming on. (laughs) But it was so easy to write because it just came like that because it was just words of worship from the Word of God. I don't find it hard to write lyrics. I find it hard all the technical stuff. But I don't find it hard to write lyrics in songs of worship because it comes out of a plate. It comes out of my heart and my love for God and from what I've learned from here. I don't write a single song that doesn't come from here, from this Word, because this is where I learn how to worship. I see how God has transformed and changed lives. And I was like, oh my goodness, wow, God, You are so incredible. You are so amazing. You're so amazing. It's like that song, Holy, Holy, Holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. You see that of the angels. That's in so many Christian songs because it's like, if the angels can say that when they see Him 24-7, then why can't I say that about God? Okay, I'm gonna start saying that about God and I'm gonna live my life as, as He is. Holy, Holy, Holy is the Lord God Almighty. I'm gonna change and live my life to reflect those words that I, that I see in the Bible. And we're gonna come into a time of worship. And this is a song um, that I wrote back in in 2017. It's been a long time coming. Um, (laughs) We've we've worked on a a fair bit back and forth. This is what I do is I I get, um, a song comes, I write it down. I get out my piano and guitar and go, and then I send a really dodgy, screechy recording to Millie and Mongpia and be like, do something with this. <laughs> and then they bring all the technical and beautiful musical ability and all that. And then they make it sound like a song and then it sounds nice. Um, but this song um, is from Psalm 27. That's what it says, One thing I've desired of the Lord that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in His temple. And there's also in Psalm 8, verse 4, I'm pretty sure it is, where it says, Who are you, God, that you would be mindful of the Son of Man and that you would care for Him? And this song, worship, like I said, is not a song, it's not epitome um, of worship itself, just singing a song. But it's, like I said, it's about reading the Word of God getting that inside of you, speaking that Word, getting it inside of you, letting it change and transform your heart. So then when you walk outside of these walls, that you live a life that reflects those words that you uh, have spoken. It is almost impossible, I would actually say it is impossible to truly sit in the presence of God, to sing such words, to truly mean them, and then to leave this place completely unchanged, to leave this place and to not live that out. And I just wanna give you an opportunity Our God is so good, like we can't run out of words to say about Him. There's so many things that we can say, but I just wanna encourage you, maybe you're like, I'm worshipping other things. Um, This is my first encounter with God today, or maybe it's your hundredth, but this is the first time that you decided, hey, I actually need to start worshipping the right things. I need to start worshipping God, the Creator, instead of the creation, instead of the work of my own hands. And I just encourage you um, with every eye closed in this place today, if that's you, and you wanna have a relationship with Jesus, if you wanna know Him today, then I encourage you just to lift your hand in this place and I'd love to pray with you. Awesome, I see those hands. Is there anyone else? Awesome, I see that hand. So good. Beautiful. Well, we're just gonna pray together this prayer. So I just encourage everyone just to pray with me, just to encourage our friends here who've just um, lifted their hands. But this is just a prayer just to ask Jesus to come into our life. So dear Lord Jesus, I thank You that You love me. 
I thank You that You love me so much that You gave Your life for me. I believe that You died on the cross for all of my sins. And I believe that You rose again to give me eternal life. I ask You today to come into my life, to be my Lord, which means I'll follow You, and to be my Saviour, which means I'm set free. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.